0: Le'olam va'ed. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Pokah Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you could join me today. Today is Thursday, December 28th. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land, not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God, as it is written in Amos eight, eleven, and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread nor thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph, there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is twenty minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. Now, let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week, we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Vayeki, and it means, and he lived. Genesis 49, 18-26 I have waited for your salvation, O Lord i trust in you for salvation o lord gad will be attacked by marauding bands but he will be attacked but he will attack them when they retreat asher will dine on rich foods and produce food fit for kings naphtali is a doe set free that bears beautiful fawns joseph is the foal of a wild donkey, the foal of a wild donkey at a spring, one of the wild donkeys on the ridge. Archers attacked him savagely. They shot at him and harassed him, but his bow remained taut, and his arms were strengthened by the hands of the Mighty One of Jacob, by the shepherd, the Rock of Israel. May the God of your father help you May the Almighty bless you with the blessings of the heavens above and blessings of the watery depths below and blessings of the breasts and womb. May the blessings of your fathers surpass the blessings of the ancient mountains, reaching to the heights of the eternal hills. May these blessings rest on the head of Joseph, who is a prince among his brothers. Zechariah 12, 1-13, This message concerning the fate of Israel came from the Lord. This message is from the Lord who stretched out the heavens, laid the foundations of the earth, and formed the human spirit. I will make Jerusalem like an intoxicating drink that makes the nearby nations stagger when they send their armies to besiege Jerusalem and Judah. On that day, I will make Jerusalem an immovable rock. All the nations will gather against it to try to move it, but they will only hurt themselves. On that day, says the Lord, I will cause every horse to panic and every rider to lose his nerve. I will watch over the people of Judah, but I will blind all the horses of their enemies And the clans of Judah will say to themselves, The people of Jerusalem have found strength in the Lord of Heaven's armies, their God. On that day, I will make the clans of Judah like a flame that sets a woodpile ablaze, or like a burning torch among sheaves of grain. They will burn up all the neighboring nations right and left, while the people living in Jerusalem remain secure. The Lord will give victory to the rest of Judah first, before Jerusalem, so that the people of Jerusalem and the royal line of David will not have greater honor than the rest of Judah. On that day, the Lord will defend the people of Jerusalem. The weakest among them will be as mighty as King David, and the royal descendants will be like God, like the angel of the Lord who goes before them. For on that day I will begin to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. Then I will pour out a spirit of grace and prayer on the family of David and on the people of Jerusalem. They will look on me whom they have pierced and mourn for him as for an only son. They will grieve bitterly for him as for a firstborn son who has died. The sorrow and mourning in Jerusalem on that day will be like the great mourning for Hadad-rimmon in the valley of Megiddo. All Israel will mourn, each clan by itself, and with the husbands separate from their wives. The clan of David will mourn alone, as will the clan of Nathan, the clan of Levi, and the clan of Shimei. Each of the surviving clans from Judah will mourn separately, and with the husbands, separate from their wives. On that day, a fountain will be opened for the dynasty of David and for the people of Jerusalem, a fountain to cleanse them from all their sins and impurity. And on that day, says the Lord of heaven's armies, Yahweh Savi'ot, I will erase idol worship throughout the land, so that even the names of the idols will be forgotten. I will remove from the land both the false prophets and the spirit of impurity that came with them. If anyone continues to prophesy, his own father and mother will tell him, You must die, for you have prophesied lies in the name of the Lord. And as he prophesies, his own father and mother will stab him. On that day, people will be ashamed to claim the prophetic gift. No one will pretend to be a prophet by wearing prophet's clothes. He will say, I'm no prophet. I'm a farmer. I began working for a farmer as a boy. And if someone asks, then what about those wounds on your chest? He will say, I was wounded at my friend's house. Awake, O sword, against my shepherd. The man who is my partner, says the Lord of heaven's armies, strike down the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered and I will turn against the lambs. Two thirds of the people in the land will be cut off and die, says the Lord. But one third will be left in the land. I will bring that group through the fire and make them pure. I will refine them like silver and purify them like gold. They will call on my name, and I will answer them. I will say, These are my people, and they will say, The Lord is our God. Revelation 19, 21 After this I, John, heard what sounded like a vast crowd in heaven shouting, Praise the Lord!" Salvation and glory and power belong to our God. His judgments are true and just. He has punished the great prostitute who corrupted the earth with her immorality. He has avenged the murder of his servants. And again their voices rang out, Praise the Lord! The smoke from that city ascends forever and ever." Then the 24 elders and the four living beings fell down and worshiped God, who was sitting on the throne. They cried out, Amen, praise the Lord. And from the throne came a voice that said, Praise our God, all his servants, all who fear him, from the least to the greatest. Then I heard again what sounded like the shout of a vast crowd, or the roar of of mighty ocean waves, or the crash of loud thunder. Praise the Lord, for the Lord our God, the Almighty, reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice, and let us give honor to Him. For the time has come for the wedding feast of the Lamb, and His bride has prepared herself. She has been given the finest of pure white linen to wear, for the fine linen represents the good deeds of God's holy people. And the angel said to me, Write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb. And he added, These are true words that come from God. Then I fell down at his feet to worship him, but he said, No, don't worship me. I am a servant of God, just like you and your brothers and sisters who testify about their faith in Yeshua. Worship only God. For the essence of prophecy is to give a clear witness for Jesus, Yeshua. Then I saw heaven opened, and a white horse was standing there. Its rider was named Faithful and True, for he judges fairly and wages a righteous war. His eyes were like flames of fire, and on his head were many crowns. A name was written on him that no one understood except himself. He wore a robe dipped in blood, and his title was the Word of God. The armies of heaven, dressed in the finest of pure white linen, followed him on white horses. From his mouth came a sharp sword to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron rod. He will release the fierce wrath of God, the Almighty, like juice flowing from a winepress. On his robe at his thigh was written this title, King of all kings and Lord of all lords. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, shouting to the vultures flying high in the sky, Come, gather together for the great banquet God has prepared. Come and eat the flesh of kings, generals, and strong warriors, of horses and their riders, and of all humanity, both free and slave small and great. Then I saw the beast and the kings of the world and their armies gathered together to fight against the one sitting on the horse and his army. And the beast was captured and with him the false prophet who did mighty miracles on behalf of the beast, miracles that deceived all who had accepted the mark of the beast and who worshiped his statue. Both the beast and his false prophet were thrown alive into the fiery lake of burning sulphur. The entire army was killed by the sharp sword that came from the mouth of the one riding the white horse, and the vultures all gorged themselves on the dead bodies. Psalm 147, 1-20 Praise the Lord! How good to sing praises to our God! How delightful and how fitting the Lord is rebuilding Jerusalem and bringing the exiles back to Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. He counts the stars and calls them all by name. How great is our Lord. His power is absolute. His understanding is beyond comprehension. The Lord supports the humble but he brings the wicked down into the dust. Sing out your thanks to the Lord. Sing praises to our God with a harp. He covers the heavens with clouds, provides rain for the earth, and makes the grass grow in mountain pastures. He gives food to the wild animals and feeds the young ravens when they cry. He takes no pleasure in the strength of a horse or in human might. No The Lord's delight is in those who fear him, those who put their hope in his unfailing love. Glorify the Lord, O Jerusalem! Praise your God, O Zion! For he has strengthened the bars of your gates and blessed your children within your walls. He sends peace across your nation and satisfies your hunger with the finest wheat. He sends his orders to the world how swiftly his word flies! He sends the snow like white wool. He scatters frost upon the ground like ashes. He hurls the hail like stones. Who can stand against his freezing coal? Then at his command it all melts. He sends his winds and the ice thaws. He has revealed his words to Jacob, his decrees and regulations to Israel. He has not done this for any other nation. They do not know his regulations. Praise the Lord. Proverbs 31, 1-7 The sayings of King Lemuel contain this message, which his mother taught him, O my son, O son of my womb, O son of my vows, Do not waste your strength on women, on those who ruin kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel, to guzzle wine. Rulers should not crave alcohol, for if they drink, they may forget the law and not give justice to the oppressed. Alcohol is for the dying, and wine for those in bitter distress. Let them drink to forget their poverty and remember their troubles no more. I want to speak to you today from our reading in Zechariah chapter 12, but before I go there, uh, I want to explore a topic or a theme with you, and I guess I would entitle this message, Repentance on Both Sides of the aisle," both in the Jewish world and in the Christian world. So today I came across an article in Israel 365 News, and the headline was quite alarming and shocking. Bashar al-Assad, who is the current president of Syria, says this, there's no evidence that six million Jews were killed in the Holocaust. In other words, he's a Holocaust denier. And so the article unpacks that whole mindset and thinking. And he, I'll I'll just quote right out of the article, and he says, well, nobody denies there were holocausts, he continued, the singling out of the Jewish victims of World War II was proof of political motive. He goes on to say, true, there were concentration camps, but what shows you that? This is a politicized issue and not a humanitarian issue is not real. Is how come we talk about these 6 million Jews and not 26 million Soviets who were killed in that war? Are those 6 million more precious? The same acts were everywhere. There was no method of torture or killing specific to the Jews. The Nazis used the same method everywhere, said Assad absolute lies. But I'm going to continue on with this next paragraph because this really exposes something that I want to talk to you about. However, this issue was politicized in order to falsify the truth and later to prepare for the transfer of the Jews from Europe to other areas, or rather to Palestine. The Jews who came to Palestine are Khazar Jews. Kazarian Jews from east of the Caspian Sea. They were pagans who converted to Judaism in the 8th century. They emigrated to Europe and from there came to this region, to Palestine. They have nothing to do, whatever, with the ancient people of Israel. Now, this is coming right out of the mouth of Bashar al-Assad, Holocaust denier, dictator of Syria, who has murdered and massacred hundreds of thousands of his own people, who would like to wipe Israel off the map, who would like to genocide all the Jewish people. He's a very evil leader in the world today. Yet, what I just read, this uh, Khazarian conspiracy theory, this is what he believes, and guess what? That same conspiracy theory, the accusation that the Jews who live in Israel are not real Jews. They're fake Jews. They're part of the Khazarian conspiracy. They're not the real Jews. They're fake. Therefore, it's okay if bad things happen to them. And it's okay if they come under attack from from the Gazans, and etc. And guess where I've heard that? I've heard that from within Hebrew roots communities. I've heard it from an actual home group leader who is espousing this theory to the people following that home group leader. And so this is absolutely an evil, false conspiracy. The accusation that the Jews who live in Israel are fake Jews. They're not real, absolutely false, a lie from the pit of hell. And so we in the Hebrew Ritz community, if you have heard that theory floated, It is absolutely a lie from the pit of hell. If you have bought into it, you need to repent and renounce and reject that. It is absolutely not true. And I have found that most of the people who've been spousing that theory have never been to Israel, don't have a single friend that they could call who is Jewish. And so that's how they can, you know, get so easily deceived and sucked into such a lie. So it really is uh, beneficial to sometimes look at what do your enemies believe. Take a look at it. What do they believe? And when you, go, you dig a little bit and you go beyond just the surface and you see what they believe and you go, wow, some of that kind of thinking and mindset has crept into my own church circle, my own fellowship of circle of believers where I fellowship. So I wanted to bring that out, and that's something to be repented of, because it's a modern-day blood libel. So we're seeing huge, huge amounts of anti-Semitism spiking up all over the nations. It's up over 314%, according to the Anti-Defamation League, the ADL, and, and we're seeing violent attacks and assaults against Jewish people in New York, New Jersey, in Europe, all over the place. And, you know, the Israel, radical Islamists have a saying, first the Saturday people will kill them. And then we'll come after the Sunday people. In other words, first we'll get all the Jews, then we're going to come after all the Christians. So, Heavenly Father, we just take a moment right now to stand in the gap and to repent. Father, forgive us. For having bought into this lie, for this false accusation that the Jews who live in Israel are fake Jews. They're they're not the real Jews. They're part of the Kazarian Mafia conspiracy. They're not real Jews. Father, forgive us for buying into that lie. And, And I just pray that that lie would be exposed and repented of widely, widely. We ask it in the name of Yeshua. Amen. So now I want to jump into Zechariah chapter 12. And in this chapter, we see an unveiling. First of all, we see that all the nations are all going to come against Jerusalem. And um, they're going to try and change the boundaries of Jerusalem. In other words, the the myth and the fable and the narrative is they want to make a, a Palestinian state, a two-state solution, and they want to make East Jerusalem the capital of Jerusalem the Palestinian state, which would mean they would be dividing Jerusalem in two, into half. And it says, on that day, I will make Jerusalem an immovable rock and all the nations which gather against it to try to move it, but they will only hurt themselves. So this controversy is regarding Jerusalem and the Palestinian state and all the nations are going to come against Jerusalem. And and we're seeing hints of that even now with this Gaza war, that even in the midst of this war against these monsters that massacred and murdered 1,200 Jews in one day, in the most horrifying manner, that all. You know, the Biden administration keeps on sending over representatives, including Anthony Blinken and others, and they're calling for a two state solution. They're saying, "Okay, as you wrap up this war, let's make sure that we we, uh, work on founding a, a Palestinian state in the middle of war. That's what they're calling for. And of course, the Jewish people, even the most liberal of the Jews who lived on the border to Gaza, who were all pro-Palestinian and said, yeah, we can live in peace with the Palestinians. And they would cross over the border and bring somebody who was sick over into Israel to one of the Israeli hospitals. They, They did all they could to be humanitarian and kind and to live in peace with the Palestinians. But that little bubble has been popped. And I've heard two different testimonies from two different people who lived um, in the kibbutzes, who had hoped for a, a Palestinian state and to live in peace with the neighbors, that they said, I don't believe that anymore. They just want to kill us. They don't want to live in peace with us. It's really not even about the land. It's not about the land. This is, they want all the Jews dead. That's what this war is about. It's truly a spiritual war. It's light against darkness and good against evil. So, um, jumping back into Zechariah chapter 12, verse 9 For on that day I will begin to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. So, God is warning in advance. He's saying, Don't, if you come against Jerusalem, I'm going to destroy you. That nation will be destroyed that tries to come against Jerusalem and come against Israel. And then in verse 10, we see another wonderful event that's going to happen. Hasn't happened yet, but we will see it. And it's uh, repentance on both sides of the aisle. We all need to repent, Jews and Christians. So here's what's going to happen on the Jewish side of the aisle. Verse 10, then I will pour out a spirit of grace and prayer on the family of David and on the people of Jerusalem. They will look on me, who is that Yeshua, whom they have pierced, and they will mourn for him as for an only son. They will grieve bitterly for him as for a firstborn son who has died. The sorrow in the morning in Jerusalem on that day will be like the great mourning for Hadad Rimmon, in the Valley of Megiddo. In other words, there's a day coming when the veil that covers the mind and the heart and the eyes of the Jewish people who live in Jerusalem and throughout the land who don't see or recognize that Yeshua is the Messiah, that veil is going to be torn away. They're going to see, ah, yes, Yeshua was the Son of God. And then there's going to be great mourning and grief and repentance. They will repent. And all Israel will mourn, each clan by itself and with the husbands separate from their wives. From home to home, family to family, clan to clan, there will be great mourning and grief. And so the Lord is going to cleanse the land of all of the idols. It goes on to say in chapter 13, and on that day says, the Lord of Heaven's armies, I will erase idol worship throughout the land so that even the names of the idols will be forgotten. I will remove from the land both the false prophets and the spirit of impurity that came with them. And so is there idol worship in Israel and in the U.S. and in other nations? Of course there is. One of the idols that we worship is self, the God of self. That when someone goes and has an abortion, oh, it's inconvenient. This will interrupt my career. This will interrupt my days as a student in the college. So I'm just going to erase this mistake and go get an abortion. That's worship of self. And that's offering up an unborn baby to the God of Molech. That's a horrible sin. We have blood on our hands. And other kinds of idol worship would be just to be godless. That God is not even a factor in your life. That you just live your own life and um, God is not in your life at all. Just the godlessness. Of of course, Tel Aviv is the capital of the gay pride parade. and, And all kinds of celebration and honoring and lifting up of that lifestyle. So there's going to be a cleansing of the land. And it's preceded with tremendous repentance. And so for us to be cleansed inwardly in our heart and for our nations to be cleansed, it is required that we repent. And the first thing that has to go when it comes to repentance is pride. Pride is what stops people from repenting. Pride says, I'm okay. I don't have any problems. I don't have any issues. There's nothing dark or sinful about me. I'm fine just the way I am. That's pride. And you have to repent of pride first and then you can get to all the other sin behind the wall of pride. So, Father, we just lift up Israel right now to you. Every day, a few more IDF soldiers are killed in this battle. The grief and the sorrow of the Jewish people I can't hardly even comprehend the, tr- the tragedy, the, the scope of the trauma and the sorrow and the grief that they are bearing right now. Father, we ask that you will comfort, comfort, comfort Israel and the Jewish people to those who've lost loved ones on October the 7th, to those who've still got hostages that are stuck in Gaza, not knowing whether they're dead or alive. Uh, to those who've lost, members of the family who've died in the war, IDF soldiers. Uh, but we lift up your people. We pray that you will give them your comfort. We pray that you'll give them your strength. We pray that they will endure and persevere and that you will grant them favor and that they will win this war and utterly dismantle the Hamas terrorist network. Father, we just pray that you will bring repentance to both sides of the aisle, to both Jews and Christians, to clean us up on the inside, to prepare the way for the coming of King Yeshua, the King of Israel, the King of the nations. We thank you, Father, for all that you are doing. We cling to you. We bless you and we love you. In
1: Yeshua's name, amen. a na vi le Adonai a na vi